Hi, everyone. Welcome to This is Growing Old, the podcast that's all about the common human experience of aging. My name is Sue Peshin, and I'm the president and CEO of the Alliance for Aging Research. June is Pride Month, which is when LGBTQ plus communities and their allies come together to celebrate the freedom to be themselves. And in recognition of Pride Month, we're talking with Michael Adams, the Chief Executive Officer of SAGE, Advocacy and Services for LGBTQ plus Elders, which is the world's largest and oldest organization. It was founded in 1978, and SAGE is dedicated to improving the lives of LGBTQ plus older people. Prior to joining SAGE, Adams was the Director of Education and Public Affairs for Lambda Legal, and he spent a decade leading cutting-edge litigation that established new rights for LGBTQ plus people. A graduate of Stanford Law School and Harvard College, Adams is a professor, an advisor to leading local and national aging organizations, and a prolific author of numerous publications on an array of LGBTQ plus issues. Today's podcast also happens to be our 50th episode. Michael, I've admired your organization for a long time, and I wanted to introduce our listeners to a special guest for this occasion. The Alliance for Aging Research is an ally to the LGBTQ plus community, and we see you. Um, thank you so much for joining us today to celebrate Pride Month and this milestone with us. Oh, Sue, it's really great to really great to be here. I appreciate the invitation, and I look forward to the conversation. Me too. All right, so let's get started. So Sage's theme for Pride Month this year is we refuse to be invisible. Tell me more about why you picked this rallying cry and what it means to the people that you serve. Absolutely. Um, the, you know, we, 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 we grapple with something really um, challenging in LGBTQ communities sometimes. The generation of elders that, that in so many ways created our communities that have fought the battles that paved the way for the rights and equality and opportunities that 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 the rest of us in the community enjoy. Um, often our elders are are not at the center of our community's focus and not at the center of our priorities. And 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 unfortunately that's not true just in LGBTQ communities, obviously that's true in the country in general as older adults are frequently marginalized and invisible. And so our our motto for this year's pride and really our it, it's it's sage's motto in general we refuse to be invisible is our elders response to that and the and the and um is the antidote to that and the fact that our elders are still leaders they are still central to our community and they insist on being recognized as such and thus we refuse to be invisible that's awesome thank you that's i love it Okay, so the pandemic has put a spotlight on older adult health and long-term care experiences, as well as on social isolation. And SAGE has done really groundbreaking work for LGBTQ plus older adults to address and prevent sexual orientation and gender-based discrimination and harassment, both in senior healthcare and in direct services through your Old and Bold campaign. What do you think it means to be old and bold? And what are some important policies and practices that are inclusive of LGBTQ plus older adults and set the tone for a welcoming culture? So the old and bold campaign is a new campaign that is a very exciting next chapter 
in the work of SAGE in our community to ensure that that all programs, all spaces, all opportunities that are available to older folks in this country are equally accessible and welcoming to LGBTQ plus older adults. And the, the Old and Bold campaign specifically focuses on bringing to life and, and implementing a, a big legislative victory that occurred in Congress back in 2020 when Congress amended the uh, Older Americans Act, which is the kind of guide and, and, and funding parameters for federally supported aging programs across the country. Congress amended the Older Americans Act to, for the first time, make LGBTQ plus older adults a priority in, federal, in the federally funded aging network for outreach, um, for services, for reporting, and for data collection. That was a great victory, but as we all know, uh, changing laws is just the first step. And then implementation and bringing those changes to life is what's key. And so Old and Bold is a campaign um, by our elders and by their allies supported and, and sponsored by SAGE to work with local area agencies on aging, state offices on aging, and the aging community more broadly to breathe life into that commitment to prioritize LGBTQ plus older adults in federally funded aging services. More broadly, old and bold links right back to the conversation we were just having about we refuse to be invisible, right? It's about our elders being in the lead to ensure that best practices are in place. And best practices are start with a commitment not to discriminate, a commitment to eradicate discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. And it continues beyond that to a whole range of affirmative steps that, that every program, that every provider, that every entity that works with older adults should undertake in order to ensure that, that they are fully welcoming of LGBTQ plus older adults. And SAGE has a whole body of work in that, in that area. Mm. And I imagine it's also to let people in the community know that this change has occurred, because that takes a while, right? And that's probably been a long history of avoiding direct services and programs because you don't feel like you, you would be welcome otherwise. That's right. That's right. And what we see, unfortunately, among LGBTQ older folks is often avoidance of services and care because of a fear of mistreatment. And so it's very important that elders from our community know their rights, know about their protections, and also are aware of the providers that have made a commitment to lean into their responsibility to be welcoming to all uh, older folks. Okay. All right. Now, I saw a quote on your website from Amy Gottwals from um, U.S. Aging, who I, and I've known Amy for a long time. Uh, Amy said SAGE's National Resource Center on LGBTQ plus aging, quote, takes groups and professionals to the next level of cultural competency, and they do so in a professional and sensitive way. So I was wondering if you could tell us about the center and how people and how the alliance can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. So the National Resource Center on LGBTQ Aging is a is a partnership now more than a decade old between SAGE um, and the federal government, um, between the Department of Health and Human Services and um, the Administration on Aging. 
And the, the, the center has, uh, has several priorities. One is for the conversation we were just having to provide technical assistance and support to the federally funded aging network in order to allow those organizations to do a good job and adopt best practices for working with elders from LGBTQ communities. The National Resource Center is also a resource for elders themselves and their caregivers to get the information, the, the, the resources, the tools that they need to maximize their um, their opportunities. And we work with LGBTQ community organizations as well. I have to say it, the, the resources available through the center are just extraordinary, yeah. uh, very, very expansive, adapted to many different needs. And we'd love for everybody to check out the center at lgbtagingcenter.org and, and check out the resources that are available there. Terrific, that's great. All right, well, now let's talk a bit about family caregivers and tell our listeners about the unique obstacles uh, that are faced by LGBTQ plus family caregivers. Yes, yeah, so the, the obstacles that, that, that caregivers for LGBTQ older folks face in some ways mirror the obstacles of our elders themselves um, and starting with isolation. We know that, that older folks in LGBTQ communities often age in isolation, um, but our caregivers are, are more likely than caregivers in general to be isolated themselves in their caregiving role. And that's because unlike in the traditional family caregiving environment, um, they're often not part of a family network. They're not sharing caregiving with siblings or other family members. Often um, it is uh, perhaps a partner, um, but uh, often a friend, a neighbor, an ex-partner, and in many cases, they are the only caregiver for the elder they are working with. So mm -hmm. that um, the, the stresses and challenges that come with caregiving in general are even greater uh, if the caregiver is themselves isolated as is often the case in our community. And then there are the challenges that come from the fact that because many caregivers for LGBTQ elders do not have a legal relationship or a recognized family relationship uh, with the elder involved, there are additional obstacles in having to not only care for an elder that you that means a lot to you, that you love, but also to have to battle at times to be recognized as the caregiver in important settings. And with the resources that have been created for caregivers often really are not tailored to the particular experiences of caregivers for LGBTQ plus elders and the, and the specific challenges they face. Even the concept of family caregiving tends to have implicit within it a certain vision of what that means. Although in our community, in LGBTQ communities, we know that we have chosen families, right? Families that we construct over our lives, but those, those families often look different than, um, than traditional family caregiving constructs. Yeah. So what, what can groups like mine and the disease-specific groups uh, in chronic disease, where you have older adults that have family caregivers um, within LGBTQ+, uh, what can we do better to make people feel welcome at support groups um, to utilize services, all of that? What, what could we be doing differently? Is that something we find at the center that you have, or do you have other suggestions? 
Yeah, you can, there, there are great resources available to help organizations, working in disease organizations, organizations like the Alliance. There are great resources available through our National Resource Center on LGBTQ Aging, best practices, handbooks, et cetera. I would say that the most important first step is to acknowledge the presence, the existence of um, caregivers for LGBTQ plus elders and that their experience is different, right? To open up that invisibility and make it clear that, that, that we recognize that those caregivers are in our midst and that their experiences may be different and are different in some cases than other caregivers. And then from there, there are a series of best practices that providers and organizations can utilize. And those best practices can be found at lgbtagingcenter.org. Terrific. Thank you. That is really helpful. Um, so I'm curious, what, tell us one of your favorite stories from your time at SAGE. I have a lot of favorite stories from my time at SAGE, but I'm actually going to share one that's very fresh in my mind because it just happened this past Sunday. This past Sunday was the big uh, annual Pride March here in New York City, and it's the first one in a couple of years because of COVID, which made it um, probably even more exciting and powerful and huge. And SAGE always has a big contingent at the at the pride celebration and it means a lot to our elders to turn out the community shows a lot of love during pride for sage and for our elders and we were oversubscribed we had more people we have a we have a bunch of people that march and we have a bus for folks that aren't able to um, march and we had more people than we realized um, more i guess our rsvp count was off and we had a gentleman in a wheelchair um, who was unable to get onto the bus. And he, um, it's, it's a long, long March route. And, um, and so we initially were talking with him about the fact that he might need to go home, watch from the sidelines. And he said, no, he was determined he was gonna be part of the, uh, part of the March. Uh, and so um, this gentleman in his wheelchair did the whole march himself. Obviously, he was helped wow. and pushed along uh, by a volunteer, a colleague, um, and but it ended up being a great experience watching him because um, he stood out. Uh, he got incredible reception from the crowd and he gave back um, so much. So I just love watching that. You know, I just love watching his resilience, his determination that he was mm -hmm. not going to be stopped, that he was going to enjoy this pride um, in the way that he had intended and then watching him get so much love and support uh, from the community. So that's, that's a that's a recent uh, great stage story for me. That that is that's a great story, and it's really he really gave back by letting people help him. That's now, right. That, that's definitely a gift. All right. Well, we have just scratched the surface on a lot of great content and expertise, and I just invite everybody to please check out Sage's awesome resources at sageusa.org. Now we have two closing questions we ask all of our guests. The first one is, when you were a kid, what did you imagine growing older would be like? Mm. Yeah, that's a, you know, that that's a little bit of a complicated question for me in some ways, because when I was when I was a little kid, uh, I um, I imagine I was very close to my grandmother. 
uh, and and so I imagined um, growing old like she did, you know, and and um, very very independent, very much on her own, and surrounded by a really large, um, big uh, family. And yeah. then as I got a little bit older um, and realized I was gay, I I couldn't quite figure out for a while um, what old age was going to look like for me. Um, but at some point, actually in my early twenties. I attended a, a, an LGBTQ pride march in New York City. And long before, many years before I ever came to work for SAGE, I saw the SAGE bus go by. Uh, and I saw all the, um, you know, all of the uh, elders on the bus and, and how fierce and proud they were. And I kind of realized at that point that, that what I could aspire to in my old age was a mix of what my grandmother had um, and what we have in terms of this, the, the support and um, and opportunities in the LGBTQ community. So it's uh, it kind of evolved for me as I got a little older and figured things out. That's great. Oh. And so you found your way, you know, I think all yep. of us need to. And so what do you enjoy most about growing older now? You know, I think what I enjoy most about growing older now is the, is the, I guess I would say the peace that comes from um, perspective. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm of an age, I just turned 60 um, last October, and part of what that means is that I, in my 20s, I, I lived through the worst of the AIDS epidemic, and um, yeah. I lost a lot of friends at that time. It was a really, really, really hard time and but you learn things from times like that right and you learn resilience and as we go through difficult times difficult challenges the challenges our country faces now the challenges in our in our communities i i do find a certain peace from the perspective of what i've been through over my life and what i've um, what i've lived through and i i appreciate that you know i think it makes it, it helps me kind of hold it and hold it in the road so to speak uh, as we look at some of the Big, big challenges that we face um, as a as a community, as a country, and as a world, you know, right now. Absolutely, you've gotten a lot of perspective over your life. If yeah. if I'm if I might, I just want to ask you, given the you know overturning of Roe v. Wade um, last week uh, by the Supreme Court, what you know, what are you concerned about um, for LG, LGBTQ plus community? Uh, the turning back of other you know, of other uh, laws, what is, what is keeping you up at night? Yeah, well, we are very worried about what's happening at the Supreme Court and what's happening in the country as a whole, recognizing that, that what occurred at the Supreme Court last week with the overturn of Roe v. Wade is not an accident or accident or a fluke. It's the culmination of an ec effort over many decades um, by forces in this country that do not respect the individual rights of many people, including LGBTQ plus people, and who believe that they should impose their own, um, their own religious or, or moral view of the world on every person in this country. Um, that's a very scary proposition to know that those folks are now in control of the Supreme Court of this country um, and engaged in many other efforts to, to weaken our democracy and, um, and many other um, very dangerous things. And so it's a tough time. We're, you know, we're worried about the, you know, the rollback of LGBTQ plus rights, the potential for that. We're worried about the, the attack on the rights of so many people, on women, on you know, pregnant people, the 
um, the, uh, you know, so much of what's concerning and including even attacks on our very ability to engage in political advocacy in this country and to vote um, so that we can push back on these things. So there is um, there's a lot that concerns us as an LGBTQ organization, as a social justice organization, as an organization that is committed to advocacy and democratic participation. There are red flags all over the place. And so we have a lot of work to do. And at the same time, you know, one of the one of the beauties of being in an organization where elders are at the center is that um, we've lived through a lot. Our elders have lived through a lot. We know how to fight back. We know how to push back and we'll keep, we'll keep doing that. That's right. That's right. And uh, we would, you know, we just really appreciate the opportunity to be with you today, Michael, and for joining us and uh, for your inspiration. Uh, Thank you, so. Sir. Absolutely. So for everyone listening, thank you for listening to our 50th episode of This is Growing Old. And if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and have a fabulous day.